Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 134, Keep, Lose, Change, Restaurant Edition. My name is Pete, and joining me today is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. Welcome back, Pete. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So, Pete, should we talk about it? Back-to-back episodes. I, no, let's not talk about it, because I, I, I lost track of how many you missed there for a while. So, I think I'm, I'm permitted two, right? And I still I edited know, Pete. Them, so it was like I was there in spirit. My, my favorite part was that we had a portion of the episode where Matt was joking that Pete wasn't going to remember to edit it or what, didn't listen to our episodes, and Pete texted <laughs> He's like, yes, Matt, I am listening, and sent kind of his answer. So, uh, Pete, we appreciate you still jumping on to edit those episodes because Matt and I have no idea how to do that. 100% have no idea. Pete, um, do you want to quickly you know, touch on anything from the episodes that we talked about? Did you like the dark rides? Did you, did you not? Yeah, yeah, there was one thing that I wanted to say that I, Rise of Resistance is absolutely a dark ride. I don't know what the hell you guys were talking about. It, it's... Pretty much the next generation dark ride. I think that upon reflection, we've had some folks reach out uh, through our DMs and Twitter uh, tweeting at us. I think upon reflection, we probably missed on that one because. And then another one with Soren and Flight of Passage. Those are more simulators, I think, is what has been the consensus from some of the folks that listen to us. So, you know, that was Matt and I's opinion on dark rides in the moment. I think I may have said it during the episode, and if I didn't, I'll say it now. You could throw those same rides out in front of me now, and I may rank them differently. If you put Rise of Resistance in there, uh, that that would probably be the the top Disney dark ride, you know, above Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at look at Pirates of the Caribbean, Shanghai, you know, Battle Battle for the Sunken Treasure, whatever it's called. I mean, that's a dark ride, right? That is a dark and, and ride. I, I, I would call it a dark ride. And so I think that Rise of the Resistance is kind of the next evolution of that. You know, you've got Really, with that, it's it's a lot of screens. There is some there's some practical effect type stuff, but it's mostly screens. And then you go to Rise of Resistance, which is screens project. You know, it's just a combination. So I I, I think uh, I think next gen. But no, I, you know, nothing else really to say other than we are going to work on that. Nobody else knows how to edit uh, edit the episodes thing. The way he looked at us is like it's like we're, when a parent is is warning you that you're going to have to do that chore later. Like that, He just looked at us like, yeah, you guys are going to learn how to edit. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. I, I don't think I'm going to. I'm just going to not let the episode go out, and then all of our listeners are going to blame you, Pete, because you're the one that knows how to do it. Fair. Uh, tonight's episode, Keep, Lose, Change. We like this so much with the, uh, with the rides. We're going to do it with restaurants. And actually, our, our Patreon this week is going to be with, uh, with bars. So... We're going to kind of keep that theme going on the Patreon this week as well. So if you're interested, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash mendowdw. Uh, before we get into that, news for this week. Uh, there's really not a whole lot, but I, I know Rise of the Resistance changed uh, a little bit. Yep. So so Rise, instead of doing the 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, and 4 o'clock boarding groups, which I I actually... I went on a rant about this on the news that we were going to release, and then we had to change it. Basically, they were doing 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and you weren't able to really get a 4 o'clock boarding pass because they were still working through the, the 10 a.m.ers 
uh, in some cases, but m- most certainly the 1 p.m. boarding groups. And so what they're doing now, it's a 10 a.m. and it's a 2 p.m. But I want to stress, I still get there at 10 a.m. Because you want to have, I, I can guarantee you there will be boarding passes available at 10 a.m. I cannot guarantee that at 2 p.m. Now, available and and you getting one are two different things. I, I don't, I can't guarantee you'd get one. Uh, but you would have a chance if you get there at 10 a.m. A couple other news items I did want to hit on. One of them, I know we try to be the podcast that is not in Florida. Uh, we obviously don't live in Florida, so we have a unique perspective. But I have to talk about this. Disney's offering a pretty deeply discounted ticket deal for Florida residents on multi-day tickets. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but between now and September 30th, they, you can get a two-day ticket for $130. You can get from now until November 20th a three day ticket for 174 and a four day ticket for $195. That is dirt cheap. Yeah, I looked at it, Tom, actually, because, you know, like I, I talk about this all the time, I try and plan a Disney trip probably once a month, once a month, and I never pull the trigger on it. But I did look at that and I saw that rate and I thought about reaching out to my friends in Florida and seeing, hey, man, just buy a couple tickets, you know, just go ahead and lock it down and see if I can go with it because that's just dirt cheap. I mean, that's worth it. You know, an eight hour drive to get there. It, it's um, th- this is basically what we've seen so far with the reservation system. And, and please chime in fellas, if you think differently or have a, another spin on it, what's happening is they limited annual pass holders on the weekends uh, from a allotment standpoint. And what you've seen is as an annual pass holder, you may not be able to get a reservation that day, but if you had a park ticket, you could walk in any park pretty much. And so Disney's not hitting their capacity. They So say they're open at 20% capacity. I don't know what it is, but let's use that as an example. They're not hitting 20%. Well, I, I did see, though, that uh, annual pass holder weekend reservations are booked through October right now. So you can get in during the week, but, uh, but weekend annual pass holder reservations are booked through October at this point. But it's because they lowered the allotment for annual passes. That's where they really restrict their AP holders on the weekends. You know, fortunately, I have multiple trips planned in in August, September, October, and I think December right now that do span across weekends. But what if you're an annual pass holder, you live in Florida, you live out of state, if you're not staying in, on Disney property, you can't stay at the, the local Holiday Inn in Jacksonville and drive down on the weekend right now is what Pete's saying as an annual pass holder. You could stay on Disney property and get a, in a park pass, but not uh, not at any hotel. So, Tom, I got a quick question for you. You know, because you are a Disney annual pass holder, have you got any clarity on what Disney's doing for you during these times? Are you going to get, I know you talked about extension at one point, but are you going to get any other benefits that you might not see right now? So far, the only, the only thing we've gotten is the extended month tacked on, uh, as well as all the time that we were down or Disney was closed. We have, um, you know, been able to book some trips. We've moved around some reservations. You know, Pete, I, I know we're staying on Disney property in, in what is that, September. But I'm, I'm glad we got all that squared away, you know, ahead of time. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I have a 10-day ticket bought that I intend to roll into an annual pass. And so I haven't gotten anything from Disney as far as, you know, because obviously this is a park hopper ticket. There's no park hopper hopping anymore. So I haven't – and I really haven't reached out. I, I haven't really wanted to wait on hold. So – We'll see. Eventually, I'll get on the phone and I'll talk to him and see what uh, what's going to happen with that. The other couple items I wanted to hit, the Disney Wine and Dine of 2020 race has been canceled. 
Um, I believe res- res- re- registered participants receive their email, you know, starting G- July 23rd, I believe. Um, there is going to be a virtual event that has been announced, uh, and I believe you can register for that uh, by August 5th. Um, so that was that, that kind of you know, something we expected to see with everything going on. A lot of things are still remaining closed. Um, so that's one thing I want to touch on as well. I'm worried about the marathon at this point. Yeah, and I think you have good reason to be. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's looking real good right now. But we'll see. We're at, right now, we're signed up. We've got hotels booked, all that good stuff. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. And then the only other item I wanted to talk about is kind of. It kind of contradicts what, where we were talking and discussing reservation system. I did see that Disney was working to increase availability for Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Animal Kingdom for park passes and park reservations for the AP holders, but Hollywood Studios, due to its demand. Obviously, has not been, you know, has not been increased for AP holders. So, and I may have misspoke, Tom. I I don't know that it was every park that was sold out on the weekends. It may have just been Hollywood Studios for annual pass holders uh, that is sold out through October. I think there is availability at the other three parks still. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean that that's kind of the rundown. We it's news is going to be tough to come by, you know, until we can get back down into the parks and really discuss what that experience is like. Um, we'll continue to release, you know, the items of note. I think on, on the last news update, we did talk about the mask enforcement team. The only other thing I think we could mention is that Ample Hills Creamery at the Boardwalk Resort will not reopen, uh, and the Disney Springs project has been abandoned. That was a lot of people reacted to that. It, it really doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. I've I've heard really good things about Ample Hills uh, ice cream, so that that may be why. I I do have a couple other things I want to hit. Uh, Carousel of Progress has been having some problems. Uh, Splash Mountain was actually drained for a couple days and uh, and did I finally reopen. So I, I was getting worried for a little while that uh, maybe this was it already. But I think with the popularity, you'll see it. You'll see it continue. Uh, there are temperature screenings coming to restaurants outside the parks. So at Disney Springs and at the Boardwalk, uh, they they will be doing temperature checks there. And then Tom, I have some really really bad news for our August trip. Don't tell me, Trader Sam's. Don't tell me. So the Polynesian was originally set to reopen August 12th, and I assume Trader Sam's as part of that. The opening date has been pushed back to October 4th at this point, so I do not think Trader Sam's is going to be open when we go in August. Well, I, I all that means is I have now saved $100 at, at least. At least $100. Well, if because- your wife's going to be there too, $200. Well, no, I was actually th- I was adding her in on the hundred savings, but what I was thinking about was I, I'm sure uh, I'd be talking to buying a mug. So, all right, but that's all that I've got for the news. Yeah, they they did shift the opening dates for a couple of resorts: Polynesian to October fourth, Art of Animation to November first, and then uh, Caribbean Beach is still has has opened on schedule. Oh, I don't know. I'm not gonna leave that out. Yacht Club is scheduled for August twenty fourth. Grand Floridian, September 21st. Coronado Springs, October 14th. None of the All-Stars have been announced yet. Port Orleans has not been announced. Animal Kingdom Lodge and Wilderness Lodge have not been announced either. Now, the DVC side is open. So these resorts are open if you're a DVC member or if you're staying you know, in a DVC property. But as far as regular bookings, uh, they're not open yet. Well, with that, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. 
and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, let's move into uh, Keep Lose Change. I tried to make some of these challenging. Like, I tried to make them really challenging. I think the Patreon are going to be even more challenging because I kind of threw some challenges out at Tom directly in the Patreon episode. And, and actually, I did the same thing here on the uh, on the restaurant one as well. But um, so just to, just to give you a basic rundown of what we're going to do here, we're going to name three restaurants. And... You have to keep one, you have to lose one or get rid of one, and you have to change one. And, and I, wanted, I wanted to be kind of a fundamental change. I don't want it to be, well, we're going uh, to put a new character in. So think of a way, if you're going to change it, how are you going to change it? Uh, where do you guys want to start? I, I think we just, you know, I like the way, I like the order you have it in. Maybe we bounce around a little bit, but I, I think starting with the character meals is, uh, is a good place to start. And I can lead it off for us. So... We kind of have this sectioned off, and, and you'll you'll understand what I mean as we as we hit each uh, trio of restaurants. We're going to start with character meals, and Pete listed three here. So he listed Cinderella's Royal Table, he listed Crystal Palace, and he listed Chef Mickey's. And speaking for the group, I know we're all pretty high on all three of these restaurants. I know we've all eaten at each restaurant, and. The interesting thing, at least for me, I guess my conflict, is the characters at Crystal Palace. I mean, who doesn't like Winnie the Pooh and Friends? And so that's kind of where my hang-up is. And I, it's just, you're kind of like, well, I can't get rid of Cinderella's Royal Table. So here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... I'm going to keep Chef Mickey's as is. I'm going to lose Crystal Palace. I'm going to drop that one. And then for the Royal Table, I'm trying to think if there's a way we can incorporate the a different a different set of characters. So right now the Royal Palace has or the Royal Table has a lot of princesses. And I'm just trying to accommodate everyone's, you know, everyone's preference on characters. So if I had to change one of them, I'd probably change Cinderella's Royal Table, and I would include maybe maybe some of the princes that were in, not the princesses, but the prince from these movies. Or could you could you do something? I mean, like Aladdin was always a cool character to me, so could you throw Jasmine in there and then throw Aladdin in there too? That's kind of the, the change, and I don't know if that's a big enough change for you, Pete. I, you know, I don't know all what you're looking for because the menu is fantastic. It's a tough one. I mean, we're talking character 
character dining for the most part here. I mean, character breakfast really for the most part. And yeah, so it's tough without changing the characters. Matt? So this one's tough for me because longtime listeners will know that I'm a big fan of Cinderella's Royal Table. I had a fun experience there when um, I was a little bit younger. So let's go. Let's let's just start this. Um, for me, I'm going to I'm going to keep keep Chef Mickey's. I think that it's just perfect as it is right now. I don't see anything to change. I think it's a perfect breakfast. I think it's perfect character experience, and I like that you can get in and out kind of quickly, and it's a lively experience. So I like that. Um, Man, um, lose. I'll go to lose next. I'm going to say lose Crystal Palace, which is tough for me. But I do think right now, like if I was going to go Disney and Crystal Palace is kind of buffet style, you know, setting, I think it'd be a little bit more difficult to eat there right now. I don't think it'd be, you know, the same experience and it it might not be the same experience going forward. We just don't know. And then, um, Change, I would change Cinderella's Royal Table. I think it's really difficult to get a reservation there. And I think that the food is probably a little overpriced for what you're actually getting. I think you're paying a lot for the ambiance, paying for a lot for the scenery. Um, so I would change it to maybe have some less expensive menu items because I just feel like there are better food for less, you know, that's less expensive in, in the Magic Kingdom right now. So that's how I would change Royal Table. I'd keep Chef Mickey's and I'd lose Crystal Palace. So same page, lose Crystal Palace. I I don't have the connection to Crystal Palace that I do to the other two. I'm going to keep Royal Table as is because I think it's it's a quintessential Magic Kingdom dining spot. Chef Mickey's, the only thing I'm going to change about Chef Mickey's is the menu. Chef Mickey's has your standard Disney buffet breakfast I mean, the food's kind of crappy, to be honest. I mean, it's it's what you expect, and it's when you think about Disney breakfast. But I'm improving the menu here. I'm adding some more exotic, at least like an omelet bar or something like that. No, I I can get behind. I can get behind all of those. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list, thinking, okay, that had to be the most difficult one we're going to do, but it's not. Probably far from it. So um, let's keep let's keep moving down. Which one do you guys want to do next? Let's go over to Magic Kingdom, and. Um, so the the three restaurants. Let's, let's stay in Magic Kingdom, kind of. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So these are all Magic Magic Kingdom table service restaurants. Uh, we've got Liberty Tree Tavern, we've got Tony's Town Square, and we've got Jungle Skipper Canteen. I, I'll I'll start on this. I guess I I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep Jungle Skipper Canteen as is. I I think this is a I think the the atmosphere here is great. I think it's in a good location. The food is good. I, I think this is really kind of a hidden gem at Magic Kingdom. I'm going to lose Tony's Town Square. Despite my great memories there, the, the food's not very good. It could be more. And I'm going to change Liberty Tree Tavern. And it, same thing. I'm going to change the menu at Liberty Tree. I'm, I'm sick of the Thanksgiving dinner. And, and I don't... Even if it's a rotating menu... Like, let's just get away from the turkey and dressing and mashed potatoes and l- let's do something else. There's really not much I disagree with here. Um, I'm going to keep Jungle Skipper because I think that it's just great food and a great, I mean, it's, it's it can be expensive, but it's really great food. So I think that, you know, great food is, should always be put at a premium. I am going to lose Tony's because kind of like you, Pete, I just don't see what's elite on that on that menu. 
um, it, it's a fun place. And like, you know, Pete, you've had amazing experiences there and let's not discount that. But um, if I have to lose one of these, it's going to be Tony's. And then with Liberty, I mean, Pete kind of stole my thunder. I do. I would like a, a rotating menu. But one of the things I also like is just, you know, I mean, I say this all the time, but, you know, the scenery and the ambiance there, you really do feel like you are in, you know, the, the 1850s, the 1700s, whatever you want to consider yourself in. I mean, you are there and it's a unique experience. And I do like the way you share share food. So, I mean, a rotated menu would be really cool. Um, outside of that, I mean, I, I get a little full there. So maybe less food, but, you know, more more options would be something that I want. Kind of like what Pete's talking about, like maybe less food, but more options. Cause I always, I always feel full stuff leaving there and it kind of puts a damper on the rest of my night. All right. So this one's really tough for me. First, let, let me, let me go ahead and get one out of the way. I'm going to keep Liberty tree this, the way it is. So I'm going to keep Liberty tree there. Pete, I know you disagree with that. I, I hear you and I understand what you're thinking, but here's kind of the conundrum I'm in. I love Italian food. But I like good Italian food. I think Tony's Town Square is in arguably the second best location for a restaurant within the Magic Kingdom. Uh, I think the first, uh, probably Cinderella's Royal Table. Outside of that, maybe Crystal Palace, you could probably push for in, in a good spot. I think Tony's has a ton of potential. Um, Jungle Skipper, I also think, is in a very unique uh, area. I think the theming is fantastic. The me- I can't stand the menu. I think the menu's far too exotic for Disney World. I, I think of... You're it, is it ex- too exotic for Disney World or just too exotic for you? Oh, I think... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm someone who goes to Disney World, and I, and I can eat at most restaurants there, but this is one to me that... You know, you and I have talked about this. I put it on the di- I put it on our last trip dining plan, and I looked at the menu, and I said, I, guys, I just don't know what I'm going to eat here. And we ended up changing and eating Italian in Epcot. So... I don't really want to get rid of either Tony's or Jungle Skipper, but I have to get rid of one of them. So I'm going to get rid of Tony's altogether. I think there can still be a prime restaurant there, and I'm going to normalize Jungle Skipper's menu. And I know that's probably a bland take on it, but I think you keep the theming and you just offer... I'm just going to splash a few different menu items in there, and everything else can stay the same. Uh, And then with Tony's, I'm getting rid of it. I think that's prime real estate. I don't know if Disney World puts a theater in there and and just scraps the whole restaurant idea altogether. I think they have better Italian on Disney property than well, they definitely have better Italian than Tony's. So I don't know that it's really needed inside of the Magic Kingdom. So that is uh, that's kind of my take on it. So I'm going to switch parks. We've done a lot of Magic Kingdom. We're going to come back to Magic Kingdom, but let's go to another. Let's go quick. Eh, let's go to Hollywood Studios actually. Pete has this categorized as bad food at Hollywood Studios. Let's do the bad food counter service. And well, so, no, it's not. It's not really. It's it's bad food and bad food continued. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because well, re- because really, there's not there's not a whole lot of good food at but, Hollywood Studios, right? But this is be- these are all three counter service meals. So it's bad that's food. True. It's counter service. So we have Pizza Rizzo, we have ABC Commissary, we have Docking Bay Seven. You guys probably are sitting at home like, all right, you're going to kick Pizza Rizzo to the curb, and you're probably going to scream when I. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to kick. I'm going to kick Pizza Rizzo to the curb. I know Pete's probably going to keep it for whatever reason. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. Hundred percent kicking Pizza Rizzo to the I'm curb. Keep, I'm kicking out the curb. I'm keeping ABC Commissary exactly how it is, and my main change at Docking Bay Seven. I'm going back to all the Star Wars themes named for every they, Star Wars. No, they're back. Names. They're already back. 
Okay, they're back. Okay, okay. Then I'm keeping Docking Bay 7 the same, and I'm changing ABC Commissary from being a dining credit at dinner. That's yes. wild. Yes. Because what are we going to do when we're at Hollywood Studios at dinner time? We're not going to eat, gonna eat Pete. I guess we're – is that the night we got a res- reservation at uh, Topolino's? Pete, Pete, we're going to eat blue milk. <laughs> a lot of blue milk. Hey, exactly the same for me, Tom. Getting getting rid of Pizza Rizzo. That meal that we had at Pizza Rizzo was probably top three worst dining experiences I've ever had at Disney World. Um, I'm going to keep Docky Bay number seven as is, which I would like to eat there for lunch when we go uh, in August. And ABC Commissary, yeah. What the hell? I'm, I'm getting rid of this table service thing that they are doing for dinner and going back to chicken fingers and honey mustard for lunch and dinner. And after dinner, dinner. Um, yeah, I'm not changing anything. You, you guys, you guys crushed it. There, there's nothing that I can, you know, put out there that you guys didn't already say. So yeah, 100%. Can we, can we continue with the Hollywood studios at this point? Let's, uh, let's continue with the bad food. We've got the momentum going, baby. We're down. We've got the momentum going. Food. Okay. Okay. So Mom and Melrose, Hollywood and Vine, sci-fi. Um, this is actually tough. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think any of us are going to do anything but lose Hollywood and Vine, right? I mean, I think Hollywood and Vine is the absolute epitome of bad food at Hollywood Studios, right? Yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah, so we're all we're all going to lose Hollywood and Vine, and and Pete, I'll let you take it from there. Um, I'm going to keep Mama Melrose as is. I like Mama. I had a good experience at Mama Melrose's uh, sci-fi dining. I think I'm going to change. I I, th- I like the food. I like the atmosphere. But I'm going to update it. I'm not going to have it be like a 50s sci-fi dine-in, whatever. I'm going to have it play Disney movies. I, I'm just going to make this a Disney drive-in restaurant. I think Pete's all over it here. And again, like I think Pete had the benefit of going first here. But um, I completely agree with what he's saying. I mean, sci-fi 50s dine-in was a lot of fun. I mean, I think I still have some of the like the glow-in-the-dark frisbees that we got at sci-fi dine-in. But Pete's, Pete's all over it. Let's let's celebrate Walt Disney World. Let's celebrate, you know, the movies. Let's celebrate Disney, you know, at its core. And, you know, that that keeps the, the restaurant fresh as well. Because I remember I went to sci-fi, you know, a couple years ago, and it was the same sci-fi that I'd seen a hundred times. And if you sit there long enough, you know, you're gonna see every movie preview two to three times. So I think you kind of take a, a feather out of the cap of the great movie ride and maybe even bring some great movie ride, you know prequel shows i mean that you watch like where it showed movie previews and you do that you kind of set it up for you know the future and it's ever evolving it's a lot of fun and let's celebrate hollywood studios as we're going to talk about in future episodes like i, I think hollywood studios has some of the most potential has the most potential of any park in disney world right now so yeah i mean i agree with pete's other stuff there and i'm going to change sci-fi to do what pete said and you know obviously my additions okay so this is going to be a little bit of a stretch. I know we've talked about it on the podcast, so maybe you guys won't be surprised that I'm going to go this direction. But I'm going to obviously get rid of Hollywood and Vine. I'm going to keep Mama Melrose the same. And I have long said that Disney World might as well make over half, maybe three-quarters of the park Star Wars because they have Star Tours sitting outside. They might as well. So I'm going to keep sci-fi the way it is, change all the cars to be mini Star Wars-styled spaceships uh I, I can't think of the exact term and then i'm gonna and i'm just gonna play 
the original Star Wars movies on repeat all day. I respect it. I, it's I'm going I'm going all in on Star Wars, and I guess it would be to be determined if we're going to play you know, I guess what seven, eight, and nine because we don't know if that's going to stay in the in the uh, Star Wars franchise. But we're definitely playing episode one through six. I think the only bugaboo I see there is very long wait times, you know, very slow table turnover, because I'm not walking out before Darth Vader reveals his true identity. Hey, hey, may, you know what then? Disney can make it a two-credit dining service, or a two, two table credits on the dining plan, and make people really pay for this experience. I mean, you're going to have the hotel. Like, Go ahead and go all in. Just, just push us over all in. We're already leaning toward it anyway. Now, I do like that. I mean, a, a typical Star Wars movie is over two hours, right? And you could actually have a dinner experience with that. You could have multiple courses. I mean, I think... Sorry, guys. Duke just decided to shake. Um, so, yeah, Tom, I really do like that. I think that you can make this a multi-course meal. I think it could be, you know, starting at 4 o'clock, you could show movies until 11 o'clock. And you could have, you know, pick your movie, pick your experience, and you could go a long way with that. And that'd be a lot of fun. And I think you can, I mean, you can still talk to your, your neighbor and all that, but I think most people will be captivated by the movie. Can you imagine that being your first Star Wars experience? You know, maybe just like three straight days going there and watching movies and eating. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, well, let's go to the resorts. So I've got, I've got two different resort kind of categories here. First is just general resorts. And I, this one's, not going to be very hard, I don't think. But so, California Grill, Citricos, Victorian Alberts. What do you keep? What do you lose? What do you change? I'm going to let you guys take these because I really haven't spent a whole lot of time in the resort restaurants. But you guys have a good conversation on this. So, Pete, you can go first. Well, I, I think you have to keep Victorian Alberts the way it is, right? I think this is the best restaurant at Walt Disney World. I totally and agree. I think I think it's impossible to get a table for. That to me says this restaurant's perfect. Now between California Grill and Citricos, man, I, watching the fireworks from California Grill is is also kind of a quintessential Disney experience. I'm going to go with keep California Grill. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to go with lose Citricos and California Grill. I guess the only thing I would change is somehow make more people have window seats. <laughs> I, I I don't know what else you can do. I mean, I was going to say the same thing, Pete. I was going to say keep V&As, get rid of Citricos, and maybe only have window seats because my wife and I had our anniversary meal there. And we didn't have a bad view. I mean, it's 360 view, right? So, I mean, you, you can see a lot of stuff. But we were in the middle at like a two seat or like a two top. Right. And we, we were there at five thirty or something. Cause we were going to do other things. He, here's how they get around that. Now, what they tell you is, Hey, you know, you didn't get a window seat or maybe you have an early reservation. Here's a pass and you can come back on the rooftop and there's a balcony to watch the fireworks from. And that's maybe how they, they get around that now. balcony around the restaurant and put tables out there. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a better way to do it. But then, you're obstructing the view. Yeah, you're obstructing the, the window inside. view. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I don't know. That one's tough because, like, I I wouldn't really change. A th- I can tell you one thing from a menu standpoint. I think either either California Grill needs to add additional menu items, 
or they need to bolster the fact that they do have a lot of sushi options up front. It's one thing I wasn't really expecting that they were known for really good sushi. And I, at the time I didn't eat much sushi. My wife loved it. And I, so I was fine with it. I found I had a steak and all that, but I think they need to either go like all in on the sushi train, but then they would lose people or bulk up the rest of their menu. And I know that makes it difficult. And, and these nicer restaurants, these higher end restaurants aren't going to, aren't going to do what we're going to talk next about the resorts that are buffets or all you care to eat. They're not going to be that type menu. So um, I, I'm kind of with you, Pete. I, any way you can expand the viewing area from your table so you don't have to get up and go to the balcony, that, that would be the, the change. And I don't, I don't have the answer to that. Also, I would get rid of the uh, Joffrey's coffee. Any other <laughs> coffee but Joffrey's coffee. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's stay with the resorts here and let's go to all-you-care-to-eat resort meals. So the three we've got on here are Ohana, Boma, and Whispering Canyon Cafe. All right, I, I can start here. Tough. It's tough. Okay, so Ohana. Okay, actually, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm gonna get rid of Whispering Canyon. I know that's a shot, and that's a that's an arrow in Pete's heart. That hurts. I'm going to keep Boma the way it is, and this is I. Let's throw COVID out, right? I don't know how buffets are gonna look. I'm going to change one thing that's gonna sound really small about Ohana, Pete. Actually, let me change two things. One, I want the drink menu that they have at Trader Sam's to be at Ohana. You're, you're, you're stealing my thunder, Tom. You're stealing two, my thunder. And two, give me grilled shrimp that have already been peeled because I could eat so much more. <laughs> so, I think that's the point. Yeah, I, exactly. So those are, the, those are the two things I'm going to change. I'm going to keep Boma the same. I've said that Boma's not the, not the restaurant for me, but it's obviously a popular restaurant. People love it. I, I just am a picky eater. And, I, and uh, I mean, this is a tough one. I have to get rid of Whispering Canyon, which sucks, but it is what it is. So I'm going to keep Whispering Canyon. I'm going to get rid of Boma. And I'm going to change. I, I 100% agree with you about the Trader Sam's drink menu. That absolutely needs to be a thing. I don't know why it's not. I'm also going to improve the quality of their uh, of their steak. I like the chicken. I like the shrimp. The steak is kind of, especially because it's all cooked like well done. And that's it's 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 kind of trashy when it's well done and it comes out and you're chewing on it like a piece of bubble gum. So I'm improving the quality of the steak. You'll never ever convince me differently that the first round of steak is a higher quality piece of beef than the rest. And, and it could be. It very well. Could You'll be. never convince me differently. Well, I know Matt wanted us to handle the, re- the resort, so we've done that. Let, let's jump. Let's finish. Let's finish Magic Kingdom quick service off, and then jump into Epcot as its own topic. Right. So for Magic Kingdom quick service, we had Cosmic Rays, Columbia Harbor House, and Casey's Corner. So, Pete, was this directly shot at me? This was a direct shot at you. Okay, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and catch and handle this. I'm going to get rid of Columbia Harbor House as much Ooh. as it pains me. I'm going to keep Casey's Corner because I know you wanted me to somehow get rid of that. And I guess I'm going to slightly alter Cosmic Rays. Actually, let me flip that. I'm going to keep Cosmic Rays the same. I'm going to slightly alter Casey's Corner. You're going to make it not be so terrible? <laughs> no, it's not terrible, Pete. It's not terrible. I am going to... Oh, man, it's challenging. Now, on the fly, it's really hard to figure out what you're going to change about these places. When you love them I, I know. so much. I know. All right, let me flip it again. Let me flip it again. I'm going to keep Casey's Corner the same. I'm going to get rid of Columbia Harbor House. And at Cosmic Rays, I'm going to add some Casey's Corner's hot dogs so they can sell at Cosmic Rays. <laughs> they, they, already, they already have a all-beef 
foot-long hot dog at Cosmic Rays. No, but I, I want the whole Casey's experience at one oh of the bay windows. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. So, I'm, I'm getting rid of Casey's Corner. I, I can't stand Casey's Corner. We all knew. I'm gonna, we all knew that. I'm, I'm going to keep Cosmic Rays as is. Columbia Harbor House, let me tell you what I'm going to do at Columbia Harbor House. Because I, I like Columbia Harbor House. First, I'm going to put some bathrooms in there. Because you can't few, do that. Few and far between. And then I'm going to take the lobster rolls from the uh, from food and wine, and I'm going to implant them in Columbia Harbor House in place of their lobster roll. Their lobster roll is good. Don't get me wrong, but it, it doesn't hold a candle to the lobster roll at uh, at the American Adventure Pavilion Food and Wine. Not even close. Not even like theirs is cold. It's on like a harder bread. The food and wine lobster roll is hot. It's on a warm piece of like garlic bread. Uh, it's it's incredible. I can't wait to have it again. But yeah, Casey's Corner's gone. And actually, not only is Casey's Corner's gone, I'm gonna like just demolish that. I'm gonna just make it a, a field with bunnies or something like that. I mean, a field with bunnies sounds sounds all well and good, I guess. But I mean, there are a lot of rabbits, and especially over by Crystal Palace too. But um, for me here, I'm going to I'm gonna keep Columbia Harbor House. I am going to change Casey's Corner to be even bigger and better than what Pete has experienced in the past. I want this to be, you know, a must must see restaurant. And then well, you I'll probably get need to change the entire Rays. menu. Well, you know what? We can we can do whatever makes Pete happy. I don't know why you guys like Casey's Corner so much. That place is terrible. It always has a long line. I mean, why are you going to go and pay twelve dollars to get a hot dog and wait in, and have the privilege of waiting in line for an hour to do it? Mobile order, bro. I like Casey's Corner because it's like it's a it's an end of the night spot for me. It's like I'm hungry. I've you know already had dinner at five o'clock or six o'clock, whatever time I could get a reservation, and it's something that's still really good to me in the moment. But I mean, I get it, Pete. I mean, a lot of times I like to go back to the resort and just grab you know late night food at the resort. But I I mean, you could get a whole large pizza from Papa John's for what you pay for a hot dog at Casey's Corner and have it waiting for you at the hotel. Papa John's pizza is the worst. <laughs> But I'm, but I'm just saying, it's better than Casey's Corner, right? No. Disagree. All right, where are we going? You're not going to convince me otherwise. We're, Epcot. We're gonna take, let's go to Epcot. Yeah, let's take the monorail over to Epcot. And, and I'm going to go, I'm going to keep the, the table service restaurants rolling here. So Epcot, you had La Cellier, Garden Grill, and Coral Reef. And to me, this one's pretty, pretty cut and dry. I think I'm getting rid of, ooh, I was going to say I'm going to get rid of Garden Grill, and I'm like, ah, I kind of like Garden Grill, and I'm like, I'll get rid of Coral Reef, but, you know, Boy Meets World was there. So I'm going to get rid of Garden Grill because there was hair in our food there, and <laughs> I'm going to keep Coral Reef the same, and I'm probably going to – I'm going to – if we're talking about upgrading the steak, I think LaSalle needs to upgrade the steak if they're going to claim a two-table service dining credit. And if they're not going to do that, they need to lower it to a one table service restaurant. So, but but I think again that was that was because of the popularity of the restaurant, right? Not necessarily because the food is worth it, but it was just because you could never get a res- reservation there. Well, forever, Le Cellier was you know considered the best steak in Disney. I mean, this was maybe we're going back like a decade, but I mean, it really was considered the best steak in in Walt Disney World, and yeah, it's great. Um, hey, really quick off subject. Who was the celebrity that did not get? Was it Tim Allen that like couldn't get a reservation at Le Cellier? And then he like said, "I'm Tim Allen. I'm Buzz Lightyear." And they, it was maybe a private party or something. But what what was the story there? Do y'all remember? That's exactly what it was. He he called and 
told Disney, I'm Tim Allen, I, I want to eat there tonight. And they said, I'm sorry, <laughs> we, we can't get you in there. Which kind of talks to what you said earlier, Tom, about you know if it's going to be like a great steakhouse, a great place to eat in Walt Disney World, I mean, it needs to be to the level of what Tim Allen usually eats on a night out and on the town. But well, I like I like Le Cellier, but like I get all the Le Cellier that I need from Food and Wine. I mean, you can get the cheddar cheese soup at Food and Wine, and you can get you know a piece of uh, a fillet at Food and Wine. And that's really all that I need from from Le Cellier. And you get it for like $12 instead of spending 100 bucks. I'm going to start with just uh, – I'm, I'm going to keep Le Cellier even though I just talked trash about it just because, I mean, it is still a good steak. I am going to lose Garden Grill because as we talked about earlier with, you know, Liberty Tree Tavern, you know, these kind of restaurants, like they need to they need to make some changes or I'm just done with them. And the Garden Grill is the same kind of way. They need to make some changes. So I'm, I'm okay, like, letting go of that. What I'm going to change about Coral Reef is I want the divers to be able to send like happy birthday notifications. And I won't, I say notifications like it's Facebook, but I want the Coral Reef divers to be able to send messages to, to guests. Cause that was something that has, it, it doesn't happen anymore. And it was something I used to look forward to. Like, I mean, especially, you know, I had, I had family members and I had friends who went to Disney and like a picture with the diver with it's your birthday. That's a lot of fun. So I'm changing it back to that. So. I'm going to keep Le Cellier. I'm going to lose Garden Grill because, as Tom said, there was a hair in our food. And they didn't do a dang thing about it either. They just, they, they didn't even apologize. They just brought us a new bowl of fruit. It was ridiculous. So, what I'm going to change about Coral Reef, I want to be able to pick out what I'm going to eat and then have them catch it and, and cook it up and feed it to me. So, you want to watch them catch, catch your fish and then eat it? Yes. And then eat it. Yeah. It'll be Wait. like it'll be like going to Red Lobster where you pick out your lobster, except you can pick out your fish at Coral Reef. How many how many table table service credits is this feed? I think this is three. I think this is gonna be a little bit more expensive. Because I mean it's these gonna, are some exotic fish, right? It's also gonna be a lot uh, it's gonna take a while for them to catch that one particular fish that Pete wants. It's their their problem, I think, right? Not mine. But that's what I want. I, right, I mean well, with this with the spear fisherman, they could probably get it pretty quickly. Alright, so Epcot, quick service. I'll let somebody else rattle these off and, and start this one up. All right. So you've got uh, La Halle at the France Pavilion. You've got Kringla Bakery or Cafe at the Norway Pavilion. And you've got the Yorkshire Fish Shop at the United Kingdom Pavilion. I'll, I'll start here. And I'm just going to put what I put in my belly from a standpoint of liquid because I don't put a lot of food in my belly <laughs> in the World Showcase if it's not... Um, you know, a special event. So I'm going to go with keep keep United Kingdom Yorkshire Yorkshire fish fish shop. I'll keep that. I will change. I'll change Kringla Kringla. You guys pronounce it better than I can. But you know, I just want to see some other options there, and then I'll get rid of Les Hollis in France. What do y'all think? Okay, uh, I think you made a big big mistake. Yeah, you, I Huge. think you made a big mis- a really big that mistake. Isn't that pretty woman? Big mistake. Huge. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep Lahal. I, I think it's good like it is. I'm going to get rid of Kringla. As much as I love the school bread, that's really the only peel that that has to me. And I'm going to change the uh, the Yorkshire Fish House Shop to have all of the uh, options that are available at the Rose and Crown. So you could get bangers and mash. You could get the shepherd's pie. You could get the pub burger because. Right now, all you can get is fish and chips. And I think you can get a cider from there, too. So I'm going to get rid of Kringla as well. I'm going to keep the fish shop exactly the way it is. I think it it, uh, it definitely it definitely gets the job done at that stage of the day. 
And then I think in in France, I may actually just go ahead and bulldoze the theater where they show the Beauty and the Beast show, and and maybe throw like a little wine bar back there, like as a okay. part of the like as a part of the restaurant because that that's wasted space anyway. Nobody likes the show, and um, either one of them know, really. You you maybe maybe do half if you bulldoze that maybe you do half of it for seating and half of it for like a little wine bar. I I, I like that. I, I feel like it's a challenge to find seating back there. Once it, we know just, once it starts getting busy, it just depends. I mean, I, I've been back there where no issue at all finding seating, and then I've also been back there where it's, you know, it's we're sitting outside in the rain. I mean, I can remember that that trip one time too. So, yeah, I don't know, but but I think if you were to add maybe a little higher, maybe a, a touch higher in than what you get out of the front of the pavilion, a little wine so, bar back there would be nice. So, so something like a like a lacava, but but a wine bar. Exact, precisely. Yep. Yeah, I like I like that idea. I think that's a good idea. All right. Well, anything else to say on this? I like I like these episodes. I think they're challenging. They are fun, and and as Pete said, we're we're going to do this for the Patreon this week. We're going to do it on bars, and so that will uh, I can't wait for that one. All right. Well, yeah, like Tom said, definitely uh, if you're interested, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/MendoWDW. We are up to uh, four episodes a month now extra on top of our normal episodes and uh, there will be some more content coming once we get back into the park so uh, anything else to say tonight guys all right well with that let's uh let's go to the secret of the trivia for the week tom what you got so secret of the night uh did you know for many years tomorrowland was home to the largest counter service restaurant in all of the magic kingdom any guesses to which location that was a lot of people say cosmic rays but it's actually the tomorrowland terrace restaurant Pretty crazy considering that Tomorrowland Terrace is now typically only open seasonally. Uh, and it's also home to the firework dessert party for most evenings. But the outdoor, although covered seating, uh, makes it a little less appealing on hot summer days and its competitor restaurants that offer air conditioned and indoor seating like Cosmic Rays. But Tomorrowland Terrace was uh, was the largest counter service in Magic Kingdom for years. So, uh, trivia question of this week. Or I'm sorry, true question from last week was how many Tomorrowland attractions have been retired, including Stitch's Great Escape? It is 15. 15 have been retired from Tomorrowland. I don't want to list all 15 off, uh, but that's quite a few, quite a few attractions. Going to the trivia question of this week. What were the opening day attractions in Tomorrowland? So October 1st, 1971. What attractions were there when we opened? You can tweet us at Mendu WW Podcast or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com with your guesses and look forward to uh, hearing from a bunch of you guys. That's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Mendu WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.